Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers, starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. I'm Kieran Donald. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is the owner of Doherty's Butchers in Letterkenny, Stephen Shields. Stephen has been a butcher for 37 years, having started his trade with the late Paddy Kelly on Letterkenny's Upper Main Street next to Dillon's supermarket. When Paddy retired nine years later, Stephen moved to Doherty's Butchers and later secured a position at Doherty's Butchers on Main Street. In 2008, he bought the business from Jared McGinley and five years ago, Stephen relocated to Pierce Road. Stephen, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks very much. Eh? Stephen, you're approaching 53 very shortly, and for 37 of those years, you've been a butcher. Tell me, was it by accident or design that you decided to enter the butchering trade? Uh, at the time, I think, uh, more or less, was a, a kind of an accident. Um, any job was freely available. I would have took it at that stage in time, but... Um, Kind of knew somebody that knew somebody that said there was a job going in the butcher shop in the main street in Letterkenny. It was Kelly's Butchers. So um, I got the number of uh, the owner was Paddy Kelly, and I rang him up and he asked me to call down to uh, the house um, down beside Benny Sweeney's and went down and met him. And Paddy was a real gentleman, and he says he would give me a start. So. I started in two weeks before Christmas, you know, on a trial, and it was just dropped in at the deep end, so uh, it all started from then, and uh, I spent nine years working in Kelly's Butchers now, and it was a real experience here up beside Dillon's Supermarket. Uh, different time and uh, a different era, Stephen, wasn't it? Oh, different era. Two-way traffic on the main street. Um, no retail parks. Uh, queues for the shops in the mornings. Um, it definitely was a different place altogether. Um, and the main street was very much the, the hub of all activity. The main street me. was the hub by where the people came and it was all the country folk would come on a Friday and Saturday. Dillon's was open to 8 o'clock and it was chock-a-block all the time at the weekends. D- Dillon's had their own butchery, but um, our butchers, Kelly's and Dillon's, kind of worked in co because we got majority of the customers that were country folk and they would have shopped in Dillon's and come in to us. And they, a lot of the town people probably would have mixed it up with the butchers and in Dillon's. And it was... Uh, it was probably more traditional and, and Kelly's Butchers. You had the sawdust on the floor. You had your own block for cutting up the beef and all, the timber blocks. Um, we had a kill down the back in the car park. Um, a lot of the processing was done down there. That's where I gained most of my experience. And I knew the Butchers and Downs, was Robbie McCabe and Jared McGarrigal. They're very good friends of mine. And there was always a banter and a crack, you know, every day. Just going back to the, 
the processing uh, of the meat from the kill. Can you talk to me a wee bit about that, Stephen, and, and about what's involved there? On a Monday, uh, Paddy Kelly, I worked a half day on a Monday and a half day on a Tuesday. On a Monday, would have, you would have been in at 8 o'clock in the morning. Paddy would have went down to Doherty's uh, factory. He would have bought in full carcasses, and we would have took them up to the... The, the the store where we had the, the refrigeration um, it would have been brought in and I would have broke it down and we would have made the weeks ahead products like your month's your month's steak your stews, everything was prepped on that day, now the shop on the main street wasn't open on a Monday it was opened always Tuesday, Wednesday Thursday, Friday and Saturday so Tuesday would have came that was the start of the week. Uh, I worked to two o'clock on a Tuesday, and that was my second half day. And then the rest of the week, you're flat out the whole time. It's generally washing, cleaning up, and making months and burgers. And it hasn't really changed since for me. <laughs> I suppose that sort of life isn't for everyone, Stephen. No. So you either like it or you don't. You either like it or you don't. And I'm a people person, and people come into me, and I think sometimes they spend most of their time having a crack about the what's going on in the world and. Uh, they'll buy meat and I think sometimes they feel about loyalty because you have that banter which I think that's lost nowadays in most shops so uh, no it's good to see customers coming in like and as I say nowadays like it's it's, it's good to talk as they say so it's very much a personal service Stephen it, it is it is indeed now everybody I would know their name first name I probably know where they live I probably know their mother and father uh, and their extended family and that's the way it's been for years and years you know in the trade so you were there for nine years nine years with Paddy Kelly nine of the best years I've ever had working he was like he was like a father figure to me he was such a gentleman um no job was too big or too small he needed time off he got it he always looked after me and uh, as I say um, he retired and and when he retired on me I remember the day and dot we were standing outside the shop there's a photograph of the two of us standing out and I remember that like it was yesterday and that was a big turning point for me and then in my head I thought I want a shop that was my goal and was it from that day that you decided that yeah, it was what you that, wanted it was from that day I decided for a one one I wanted my own business I wanted the shop and you would have had to do so um, I got a job interview well actually I got a job gave to me um, my cousin Jared Coyle um, he would have lunch with uh, Michael Doherty the owner of Doherty's Butchers and he mentioned that I was finished up on work and Michael said get that man down to me as soon as you can so I went down to Michael Michael had a job for me and I worked down in the factory for about two and a half or three years but in between that, um, I was slapped up onto the main street, to the butchers on the main street. And whenever they knew that I could do the counters and stuff up there, I, I covered a lot of time up there, which was good. But the hours was big because it was trying to work between the two places. But at the end of the day, it was an experience for me. It was a different method that they had. And then there was more clientele and a lot of wholesale business too. So it was kind of an eye-opener. Um just going back to working on the plant, Stephen, obviously it was a big going concern at that stage. Mm. A lot of characters from the town that you'd have Oh, a lot there. of characters. God, you, you would have been down there. There was a different story. There was a different angle to the story. Um, what was your first uh, job on, the, on your first day down there? My first job down there was boning out four quarters. You had a set task for the bone out as many as you could. And it, it was good hours. Like, I think you started half seven. You got a half an hour lunch break. You finished at four o'clock. 
and that was five days a week, and you had the weekend off. It was hard work. It was tough old work, but sure, I, I was young at the time, I was able to hack it. Uh, there was more professional boners uh, that worked in the factory at that stage. There were different parts of the plant, there was the kill, there was uh, making the mints. My uncle Paddy Shields, he was one of the masters of making mints down there, and um, Thomas Kew and them, they were being on the line, and... Um, there's a few characters down there now, definitely. <laughs> there were some of the hours worked down there. there. There wasn't really a dull day down there, you know. Just It was it was kind of an eye-opener when you were growing up to see the likes of what was going on, you know. There was a lot of craft in it, so I learned very quickly. Um, yeah, it was a good environment to work on, and eventually we got the notification that the factory was closing. What year was that, Steve? Can you remember? Oh, I can't remember. <sighs> Oh God! I, honest to God, I can't remember when the factory closed, but I can remember being brought in, and Michael Doherty sat me down. He says, "Stevie, the factory's going a different direction. We're pulling the plant on the dairy. We're closing down the Letterkenny branch." Was that a big shock at that stage? That was a big shock at that stage. I, um, he says that uh, he says the shop on the main street. He says you can go to the shop on Main Street if you want a job. There's a job. Was that there. in the back of your experience there as a, re- a retail person? It was indeed. Shop? Yeah, it was indeed. Uh, um, I was grateful for it, like it was a good environment to work on. Uh, I went up to work there, and Packy Gibbons was the manager at the time. And Packy was a real character. Um, he was he was, he was fast at everything he does, and he, he would have been pulled in an odd time, and you'd be saying to you, why is that taking you so long to do what you do, you know? Um, and I used to think to myself, God, I thought it was going well. But that was just the environment. But was he a good mentor? Oh, he was a good mentor. So he was. Uh, Paggy was a real gentleman as well. Um, real old school. I think him and my father might have went to school together at the time. Like he had nominal years left for retirement, and I would say he was glad he had a long time in Doherty's Butchers. He was in from as young as I was to retired. You know, he was very much the face of Doherty's Butchers was, for a long time. He was. Paggy was the face of Doherty's Butchers. Is right. Uh, he definitely was. I would, I would like to see what he was like in a character as he was young. He was a very good boxer, a very good athlete, you know, and um, you hear the odd story about um, the Christmases and the times they put on, you know, I mean, people wouldn't believe, like, the queues in the shops. The queues was outside the doors at Christmas time, and you had to wait till you got your order. Um, even for me and Paddy Kelly's, the queues was outside the door. But the strange thing about it was it was, there were huge queues in Doherty's. You know, I, I got a real eye-opener and I thought to myself, well, I need to get into this business. There's money to be made in it. What's the reputation, Stephen? Definitely. Definitely. Uh, definitely. Uh, it was a well-established placement. Um, there was a few butcher shops like it, you know. They had both retail and they had wholesale. Um, there was butchers in the town at this time that were probably more wholesale than than, than retail. And it was at the stage where you had no Littles or you had no Aldis. Um, all the shopping was done for your Sunday uh, dinner or it was, it was all, and Christmas was all done in the butcher shops. But uh, unfortunately that's changed the trade over the last number of good years. Um, unfortunately for butcher shops, it's, 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 it's the decline in trade. There's very few butchers coming on now at this moment in time. Um, I don't know what it's going to be like in another five to ten years. Like, we'll be like hen's teeth to see, so the world will be. You see us in a museum. But 
I don't know. Still, there's still people come to you. You know, some people spend the time and 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 they'll help you on your way. So you stayed uh, in the shop uh, with the Doherty's butcher's name, and you worked in the shop at that stage. Then I stayed in the butcher shop uh, 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 when I turned twenty five. Um, I think Jared McGinley came in around that stage, and Jared he took over the butcher shop. Very good with figures. And he knew exactly where he was going. I think he had a certain plan. So we were on his team. Uh, me, uh, Charlie McLaughlin, um, Jared, and Jared's sister, um, and Bernadette that did the account. So there was a team there, and we were a good team. And the business boomed. He changed the format a bit. I seen him change the format. And it went to kind of a, a grocery shop. And he brought in a deli and the deli absolutely boom as soon as we opened it up it was fantastic but there was a lot of work in it you know so uh, Jared kept that business going for I think he had it for 10 years and the opportunity came then and I done a deal with him and I bought him off him and that took it to the next level so you say that as a matter of fact was there much planning and uh, thought uh, went on through all that before you decided that you were going to take the business over Stephen? Uh, there was there was three years of it uh, the three years um, we chatted three years previous before he went to a different stage and we came to an agreement decided he decided no, look hey Stevie he says like if you're interested in it we did a deal and we did a deal and the franchise was very 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 good and the business was great did you uh, change much uh, of the uh, shop? I changed the inside of the shop slightly uh to develop the deli a wee bit more and groceries. Was there good money in the deli, Stevie? There was at that time. We would have had uh, our lunch break from one, from half twelve to around two o'clock. You, there were queued kids from the schools. We had a great, great market for that. Now, and Jared did develop that and we brought it on and it was Monday right through to Friday and it was boom. As soon as they come in, two people in the deli two people on the till. And what Saturday have been your busy retail day Sat- on the butcher counter yeah, then? Yeah, the butcher counter was great on a Saturday. Um, so you were open six days? We're open six days. Eh? We're open six days. Um, yeah, six days was plenty, I think. The staff was tired at that stage from working. But um, unfortunately, uh, I remember, is it December 2010, the council decided to change the format of the main street. And we went to the meetings, and I remember thinking, this isn't boding too good for business. And they decided to widen the footpaths and took away a lot of the parking bays. I remember the day in Dotland they came in to do the work. We had a we had a backshock system, it was all computerized, and you could see your markups and your percentages. And I remember within two or three weeks of them coming in, the percentages dropped by at least 20%, which was a huge margin. And I got worried at that stage. I thought, this isn't good. So... It was awkward for to get parking at that stage. The traffic wards were doing their job, which was right. But there were so many parking bays took away in the upper main street and it was a bit detrimental to people coming at put customers coming off to come on the park. So the retails parks they took away that excess business and the story kinda you can see the main street at this moment in time it's still awkward to get parked, you know, and it's very off putting for people coming to do shopping. So on reflection do you believe, as a Main Street trader, that that was a wrong decision to take away those care parking spaces? Not alone me. I remember uh, a lot of businesses were worried about it at the stage, and I think they had put that formula into a place 
up uh, beside Dublin, the exact same format for it, and it was quoted on the meeting by Raymond McFadden. Um, they did it. And 12 months later, they had to pull the footpath back out again and put it back to normal because businesses were closing up. Now, it's it's easy for me to say it. I've seen the figures. Some people may be different, like, but... Um, yeah, it was a sad day for me. I just started to see the street decline. You knew there was trouble ahead, but I didn't know how bad it was going to be. Like You could walk down the street, you could see more premises closed up. Now, business is done differently. Um, a lot of businesses, you know, they have retail parks, they have parking, you can drive to the door. The main streets, it's, it's in decline at the moment, but I do see a bit of hope if they develop the market square, the way they're going to develop. And I'd like to see them take a look at the car parking on the main street too to give people a chance for to get parked, for to do their business. Um, Lord knows what's ahead of people at this moment in time, but for me now, I've moved, I, I closed up. It's five years plus on the main street, not through my own decision, but uh, it was just one of these things that happened. And I moved down to the Pierce Road, and the Pierce Road is more wholesale than retail. And there, we'll take a break. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers, starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. You're welcome back. Before the break, Stephen was talking about his decision to relocate to Pierce Road from Upper Main Street five years ago. still do business down there and I'm still happy to be in business and things aren't too bad. Is the business still going strong enough. And how did you develop the wholesale end of your business, Stephen? Um, I think for myself, um, I had people working for me all the time and I was always doing deliveries and I would always be in the know with the deliveries but I found that when I, I put my own personal touch into it, um, I had a unique uh, formula for making burgers and it seems to have caught off in the last five years and people seem to be coming back and coming back to me and I can develop business out of it with other customers and it's it's boded very well for me um, uh, it's probably one of the things that I sell most would be uh, selling burgers and I have good contacts in the main street and I have good contacts in, in, the, in, in the town area and it's local. You ring the phone up, you ask me for a delivery, it comes to your door within an hour or two hours. Tell me, have you any idea how many burgers you've made during the years? Oh God. I know, uh, I know that in summertime, on an average weekly trade, I would probably do anything from maybe, it could be maybe 1,300 to 2,000 burgers a week. And that's in summertime, that's when business is booming. And they're all handmade? They're all handmade. They're made with love. <laughs> Definitely, no, they're all handmade. Now, good system down there, I would have no issue making them. Uh, I did buy a machine and they make them, but I didn't like the format for it, so... Um, it's hard to beat doing it yourself. <laughs> Tell me, Stephen, how did you find the transition from uh, being an employee to being the boss, effectively? Um, I really did take it for granted for the first lock of years. You know, you think because you have a business, you don't have to worry about work. I remember in hindsight, uh, a good friend of mine, he runs his own business, and he had went through it before me, and he told me not to take me eye off the ball. 
and he says you're not in watching your business at this moment in time and you're taking too much time out and he was actually right for about two or three years until I got my eyes open like you need to be in you need to be there you need to be directing things to be done you know and people that work for you need to push them in the direction that they want to go um, at this moment in time like I work on my own and I have the week started from Monday to Saturday and every day I have a routine and the routine works for me What's a typical week in your working life now? Uh, well Monday mornings I would start I would get up at 6 o'clock going to work maybe about quarter to 7 uh, have the deliveries ready for 8 o'clock um, get my deliveries done calling the Pat Brady's for a coffee meet the boys <laughs> uh, head back down to work uh, about quarter past 9 um, the second set of deliveries is ready for 12 o'clock do the routine um, calling for a bite of lunch maybe in the quiet moment or Pat Brady's again and then I would I would do work between four and half four and then that would be my last set of deliveries and I would do the town deliveries again and that's Monday through to Friday and Saturday's more retail you know so, so it's very routine with very routine the odd emergency phone call with the odd emergency phone call like you might get a phone call to go over to a four you might get a phone call to go some other part of the town like that's out of order especially in the summertime because places they have it's hard to predict I'm sure it's very hard to predict it's very hard to predict it's definitely you know. tell me Stephen what do you think is the biggest challenge facing the meat sector at the moment definitely the energy crisis um, I find my energy bills come on there the previous one and they were actually double and I was shocked and going forward um, if there's nothing done about it I, I don't know how businesses are going to survive because it's a huge chunk out of your uh, your monthly turnover and especially for our businesses and for refrigeration and stuff like I've been hearing horror stories about supermarkets and the amount of money it takes to run them and mine's is a small business and let me tell you it just went up 100% for the run for, for electricity so What options have you got Stephen now to, to maybe absorb some of that cost? Well unfortunately beef prices have been increasing and that sector it will not come down and some of the beef prices went up 20, 25 and 30 percent sometimes when you're contracted in for like for prices it's very hard to go to and say like I need to put the beef up a certain amount but you have to play along with it and you have to try and make the decisions that you don't want to make and you meet the you meet you meet people that you're doing business with and, and they understand but they don't want to do it too they're in the exact same boat but um going forward now I hope that they would see some, some changes from January onwards because if they're not there'll be a lot of businesses closing their doors that's not viable Stephen it's coming three years uh, since the start of COVID uh, can you talk to me about the impact that COVID had on your own business and I do know that the, the government supports would have helped mm -hmm. you stay open and you were allowed to stay open yeah. and operate yeah. well I remember the day in dot that uh, COVID had <coughs> My business would have been 90% wholesale, and most of them, I remember the weeks going on date, most of them had closed up, and I remember sitting down with my wife, Margaret, and I said to her, I said, I don't know where I'm going to go, or what's going to happen, or we're going to close up, and um, I said to myself, I said, There's, there was no way that we were going to survive, but a strange thing happened, the retail, it flipped and I think people were frightened of going into bolt up 
the supermarkets and they came in to me and we got a turn in the trade but they brought out a subsidy from the government and definitely that was a big help and I don't think without it we would have survived survived for to pay the bills so definitely it was very welcome to get that income to bring us right through to where we are today without it definitely the majority of business I would say had to close Did you have returning customers and maybe new customers? Um, it was all returning customers it was all people that you knew and they come down to you because they kind of, they, you were specialised in what you do actually people come down and, and they were cooking at the house and they were learning the formula from the mothers and fathers previously how to cook and there was people come down and you would be telling them what to do and they would come back next week that was lovely it, it, it only lasted the period of COVID and whenever COVID broke and the restaurants and the hotels started to open you could see it dwindling away but then on the other side of it I was getting business from the hotels and the restaurants because it was flipping back over again um, it was a strange sensation going from you know wholesale to retail and Saturdays was booming it was great to see people but then there was there was there was days during the week and it was the eeriest of days. I remember one in particular in the heart of COVID. I've never ever spent a day like it. Uh, I worked through the whole of COVID and uh, on days when COVID was high and people didn't come out of their doors I remember coming in to work in the morning. I had very little to do on that particular day. I think it was a Wednesday or a Thursday and uh, I remember at a half ten standing out in the front of the shop there was nothing there was no cars there was no people there was nothing in the sky and Pierce Road is a busy road Pierce Road is a busy road and I actually looked across up into where the old ESB yard there was a fox there was pigeons there was such an abundance of wildlife I thought to myself nobody would believe me I closed up that day at two o'clock I drove over and I went up through the main street and down to the bottom of the main street past Dunn stores and I never seen one being or one car. That's all the years that I was on the main street. I remembered it so well. I went out home and I thought it was the eeriest feeling. It was like there was nobody else left in the world. And you know, and it was it was like that at night time uh, if you had any errand to come in to do anything in the town. Um, but it was very quiet and eerie times, you know. So I hope it's all behind us now. We never go through fears like it. Tell me, Stephen, is there a person in business that you admire most? I would say uh, Paddy Kelly um, definitely was a big part of my life. Um, he was such a gentleman and he was so easy to talk to. Um, he was kind of like a father figure at that stage for me. I really looked up to him. Um, if I had worked him for... 37 years I would have been happy um, he he was such, such a nice man down to earth I don't think he ever raised his voice to me in the 9 years that I worked I've never seen him raise his voice and he was a cool customer you know he's that generation and I know that he passed away a good number of years ago and it broke my heart when he passed away you know, you think people are there forever. I remember when he retired, me and him was chatting about what was he going to do. I used to love fishing at the time, and I used to go up to fish here and fish there in the rivers. And Paddy had done it in previous life, and he used to tell the yarns about where he used to go. 
and he says, you know, I think I'm going to take up fishing. And he did, he took up a bit of fishing at the end, but I think his health got in front of him and he went downhill. Um, it was it was a sad news to get the day that I got it, and I felt so sorry that he had, he had passed away at that stage. And, um, yeah, he probably would have been a big part of my life, you know. He set the path for me, so he did. So I suppose that's the way it goes. Since setting out in that path, Stephen, you've seen numerous changes uh, in the Rakini and in the world of business. Is there one change that sort of stands out most? There is indeed. Um, the supermarkets, I go back to the Littles and the Aldis, I'm not, I'm not criticising them, but when they come on the market, it hampered small business. Um, we could see a decline in sales. I mean, you could go into a supermarket, you can nearly buy a pair of shoes and you buy a pound a month and you could get oil for your car at the same time. Like, they had the formula for it, but um, it definitely made a big, it, it took a big chunk out of the butcher. All the butchers said the same thing, like, you know, and you don't blame them, but that's, that's the way things go. It simplifies it. Uh, you come in, you go in, you park your car, you get everything you need, no one's store away, you go, and they give value for money, you know. If you had followed your childhood dream job, Stephen, what would you have done with your life? <laughs> My childhood dream dream job was to be a doctor, but as far as I got was a butcher. <laughs> um, I said, "My dad thought to myself, he said, if you can go and be a doctor, that's a good livelihood.' But the only, only the one I got there was being a butcher, so I had no real interest in education. Um, I got to feel what they work when you got money in your hand. It's very hard not to look for more money and. Probably, like in hindsight, yeah, if I had stayed on at school, maybe a teacher or something out there, probably if I, had, if I had the sense to say that I probably, like, government job, get your pension, you're retired. Um, private people working, like, you have to work hard at the end of the day, like, if you don't have your own pension, your own setup, it's not great to retire. Um, so, I'll probably be working forever more, man. <laughs> What is the best lesson that you've learned in business? Works the best ethics for anybody. It's good for the head. Um, I did have that stage with COVID where it was quiet, and it's hard to sit about the house when you. It's head wrecking for you to sit at the house. Um, I do a bit of running, as Kieran well knows, and it's very good for the head as well. I think it's kind of a, it's medicine for anybody that's working or not working. Um, it's a very important part of my life and my wife's life, our family in general. Um, I love it. But it, you, you switch off. You, it's our social kind of time. Um, I work too. The work's hard. I have to say, it works hard for me. Like and. I would like to take it a bit easier and do a bit more training, but we'll see what next year brings. <laughs> Stephen, what advice would you offer to someone who is thinking about setting up a business? Um, chat to somebody that has been in business, whatever, if it's the business you're going to do. Um, nowadays, um, going into business, you have huge obstacles. You've got the energy costs of running the business. You'll have rates to pay. You'll have, if you're employing PRSA, PAYE, these are all things that people don't think about. You have broadband to pay. You'll have running of equipment. 
you'll have the depreciation of equipment, you'll have, uh, if you need a vehicle or a van for them, these things all come in and they all cost money. So, going in the business, I've had the chance again, change the sector, public job, you know, you have pension, you pay them off. Whenever you go into working for yourself, that's, these are the things that you throw out your time off, you're married to the business. You're there forever more, man. When you go on holidays, you have to be on the phone. Um, it's always been the same. You'll always have issues with stuff breaking down or things going wrong when you're away. Um, but at the end of the day, if that's what you want to go for, go for it. There's a lot of schemes out there for government for to give you a leg up and give you an idea. It's not the end of the world. If you go out and experience it, at least you know where you'll stand. What do you enjoy about being your own boss? Um, very independent. Um, I think it, it, the length of time it took me to be my own boss, it, it gave me kind of a, an insight to what being a boss is. Um, if you're being a boss now, you need to be very good to staff and look after them for them to stay with People won't stay unless you treat them very well. Um, depends, I suppose, where you're going to. You know, um, to be your own boss, probably you've you have a lot of freedom to do and come and go as you please, and do your own thing. And nobody tells you what to do other than the bank manager and your accountant. <laughs> but you do enjoy what you do. I do enjoy what I do. I do definitely. Like um, we were away in a week's holidays there in Spain when we got back. Like we were dropped on. T- I was dropped on it, t- and I don't mind doing what I'm doing. Like it's a routine, as I say now at my stage. Like. I would find it very hard to switch off. I like doing stuff. Um, if you're stuck in the house, like you and then sit and watch the TV and get a bite to eat. But it's nice to have a routine for the day. I think it's good for your head. And finally, Stephen, what lies ahead for yourself and the Hurley's Butchers on Pierce Um What lies ahead? All depends now in January or February. Uh, we'll see uh, how energy costs. We'll see if there's more business out there um, it's very hard to put my finger on it um, I don't like the outcome for January uh, I'm sitting tight to get after Christmas um, the cost of products has gone up so much uh, I don't know how some families is going to manage at Christmas time but please God I'm still in business and I'm still doing what I like to do at the end of the day if I don't jobs are easy got nowadays you know so that's the plan. Something will pop up if I decide to pull the pin. But I'm happy enough yet. It's not. It's still. It's still doing okay yet. But time will tell. Stephen Shields, owner of Doherty's Butchers on Pierce Road in Lerkenny. Thanks for taking the time today to talk to us on Business Matters. No bother, Kieran. Thank you. Well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guest Stephen Shields. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound, and thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie.